0: Welcome to Choir Talks. My name is Greg O'Neill. I'm the worship pastor at Ridgecrest Baptist Church, and Choir Talks is the podcast form of what I would normally do on a Wednesday night as I share scripture with my choir. If you've been following me in recent weeks, you know that I've been drawing a lot from the book of Psalms, and today I want to again look at one of those Psalms, one of those ancient songs with you. And the one for today is Psalm 36, David or whoever the writer of this song um, starts with an indictment on the sinfulness of the wicked. He says in the beginning that God has given him a message uh, in his heart about the wicked. Now, when I hear someone, when I hear the Bible mention the word, the wicked, I never assume that's me. On the inside, I automatically adopt this position that the Bible is talking about someone other than me. Uh, because inwardly, I can always come up with reasons to justify myself as a good person, not a wicked person. And I'm quick to think of all the good things that I might have done or the good intentions that I've had or the kindnesses I've shown. And and immediately, I have this inner monologue that says that's not about me. But I want you to read with me uh, how what I discovered here reading the first part of this psalm. So here's the first few verses. He says... I have a message from God in my heart concerning the sinfulness of the wicked. There is no fear of God before their eyes. In their own eyes, they flatter themselves too much to detect uh, or hate their sin. Uh, The words of their mouths are wicked and deceitful. They fail to act wisely or do good. Even on their beds, they plot evil. They commit themselves to a sinful course and do not reject what is wrong. So he says, first of all, in the first verse, there's no fear of God before their eyes. Well, that, that's not me, right? I, I go to church every week. I read my Bible every morning. I, I'm good, right? Um, but something really interesting is that this verse is used in the New Testament by Paul. In Romans chapter 3, he quotes this verse. And in, then in the same context, he says, there is no one that is righteous, not even one. And then he goes on to say in that same chapter, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So Paul's not letting me off the hook as much as I would like to not think of myself in this way. The truth is, I'm guilty. The truth is that that uh, I allow sin to be a, a part of my life. And the reason I don't see that sometimes about myself is what he says here in the second verse, when he says, in their own eyes, they flatter themselves too much to detect or hate their sin. So there I am. this inner monologue that I have that's just always avoiding me looking at um, the ugly side of the things that I do uh, keeps me from seeing that that sometimes I behave the wrong way or say the wrong things or allow myself to think things that don't please the heart of my father. Um, so. That inner self can can justify those all day long. I think that's what he's talking about here. He says, in their own eyes, they flatter themselves too much to detect uh, or hate their own sin. So, the Psalms are really awesome uh, about helping us to see ourselves. And in this case, what I see here is that sin blinds, and that all of us are sinners. But as good as the psalms are about helping us see themse- ourselves, they're even better about helping us to see who God is. So I want you to listen to the second part of this psalm and see what the psalm writer says about God. Verse 5, Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the highest mountains. Your justice is like the great deep. Um Boy, I love that. That sounds awesome. When he wants to describe God, he uses the things in his world that are the biggest things that he can imagine. He says, first of all, your love and your faithfulness, they extend all the way to the heavens, to the skies. That really echoes what the writer of Psalm 103 says um, when he says, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so high is, is so great is his love. Um, I was thinking about why use that particular image for God's love. But, you know, the, the skies cover everything, um, and they are above everything. And that, that does remind me of God's love. It is, it is above everything, and it, and it covers all. Um, the, it, it covers over us, uh, even in our sinfulness and our waywardness, uh, just like the sky covers everything. His, his love is still there. And that gets us to the word faithful. Um, The word faithful is one of the few (laughs) um, words in um, Hebrew that I know. It's called hesed. And one of the earliest uses of the word hesed is in Exodus 34, and God himself is the one who uses it, and he describes himself as having hesed. And the word itself means something along the line of loyal love. And that really strikes me. to be an important aspect of God's faithfulness. When you consider the first part of this psalm, when we talk about how uh, we are sinners and we don't see our sin or hate our sin, uh, and now we see that God is faithful anyway, that he shows loyal love, even when we are faithless, he is faithful. Uh, He goes on to say, uh, verse 7, How priceless is your unfailing love, O God! People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Um, I was thinking about that word priceless. Um, we understand the worth of the things in our lives when there's calamity that, that strikes, um, when something really bad is happening. Um, if your house catches on fire, uh, what is that thing that you grab on the way out? That's the thing in your life that has great value. So he's saying that we discover um, that God's love is is priceless, is priceless and unfailing, and we take refuge in the shadow of his wings. So like when things are really bad, then we come to take uh, sh- uh, refuge in him, and then we remember and discover that his love is, is priceless. Out of all the things in our lives, um, man, we don't want to do without the love and the covering of God. Uh, verse 8 says something really wonderful about God. Uh, they feast, these people who, who uh, take refuge in him, they feast in the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delight. That's a beautiful image um, that these people who are invited into God's presence, the ones who, who see him as God and take refuge in in him. He invites them into his presence. And, and look at the awesome things that are there. It's a feast. That sounds great, doesn't it? It's this, this river of delights. Remember, this psalm writer is writing this psalm in the middle of a desert, basically, in a very arid place. Um, and so this the river is a powerful image to the people there. Think of seeing an oasis as you have crossed across a, a desert. And um, That's what the the love of God is like, the presence of God. You give them to drink from your river of delights. There's delight in God's presence. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. You could look up that pod. Um, So here's what God offers. He invites us in for for feasting in him, for experiencing um, the river of his delights. And then he says, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Um, It's hard to read that phrase, fountain of life, without thinking forward into the New Testament, uh, without thinking of the Messiah, Jesus, who said uh, to the woman at the well that that if you would have asked me, I would have given you uh, living waters that would have sprung up inside of you uh, to eternal life. Or thinking about uh, the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 7, when you see the Lamb who is Jesus seated on the throne? And there also is this this fountain, this this uh, fountain of living water. Um, the word light is a powerful and often used um, metaphorical word in, in the in the both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the New Testament, um, First John says, "God is light, and in Him there's no darkness at all." Speaking about God's holiness. Um, first and then in John, same writer in his gospel says, "In him was life, and Jesus was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. So those two references kind of show us what light in the Bible is symbolizes. First of all, God's holiness and second of all, His revelation to man of himself. Remember in the first half of this psalm, it was sin that kept us from seeing the truth about ourselves but it's the light of God's holiness that allows us to see the truth about ourselves and the truth about him. So what's our takeaway from this section? I think that the takeaway is God is awesome. The holy one, the high and exalted one invites you into his presence to experience a feast, the feast of his presence, to know him and the joy that that there is to be found in relationship with him. Psalm 36, take an opportunity to read it this week. Have a great week.